You heard me say it, and I believe it wholeheartedly, that if you lead with identity, everything else will follow. But I've had the experience in my work of coming in contact with individuals who want what follows, but aren't willing to lead with identity. It used to bother me and I could not figure out why they did not want to lead with identity. Then it dawned on me that people think that doing identity work means that you're broken. When in fact, it has nothing to do with brokenness and it's not an attempt to fix you. Identity work is about coming in alignment with who you are and not fixing, but honoring who you are and building a brand that is most authentic to who you are. So if you're ready to leave with identity and become a supernormal superstar, visit YourSupernormal.com right now and let's do the work. Um, my, I guess, you know, you talk about defining moment. My uh, moment is I remember laying in the ICU and I remember going up to scratch my nose. And when I was laying, if you could picture me laying back in bed and going up to scratch my nose and that muscle that holds your hand, the tricep muscle was paralyzed and weak enough that I couldn't lift my hand up to the sky to scratch my nose. And so I had to start from like square one, so to speak. And one day I was in the rehab unit and a nurse came in and she came in with a marker and a calendar. And the marker was red, a red Sharpie. And she said something to me that day that I'll never forget. She said, Whenever you accomplish something today that you couldn't yesterday, we're going to write it down in red letters on this calendar. And we're going to document your successes. Many people define stagnation as not producing or being at a standstill. I get it. However, I would like to add a little weight to the definition and say that I may be producing, I may be moving. However, my production and my movements are disrespectful to the purpose that's inside of me, to the greatness that's inside of me. If that's going on, that's stagnation as well. And that's okay. Guess why? Because I have developed a tool. I wrote a book called From Stagnation to Transformation. And that book was written specifically for individuals that feel stuck, that feel lost, that feel like they're just wandering in the wilderness, that feel like they just, I need something is just missing. It's okay. I want you to head over to www.cliftonpettyjohn.com forward slash transformation. There you're going to find a complimentary portion of the book. That's right. A complimentary portion of the book. I want you to read that portion. After that, it's going to ignite such a fire inside of you that you're going to want to purchase the your personal copy of From Stagnation to Transformation. So I want you to do that as well. Why? Because I believe that it'll give you a 21-day jump start to fulfilling 
or re-identifying purpose in whatever core area you find yourself stagnant in. So again, visit www.cliftonpettyjohn.com forward slash transformation. What's up, everybody? You are listening to the What Now podcast, where we discuss ways of effectively addressing life's most difficult moments. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the What Now podcast. That's right, the What Now podcast, where we discuss effective ways of facing life's most difficult moments now if you've listened to at least one podcast or one introduction of the podcast you already know we no longer define these moments as difficult moments we define them as defining moments why do we call them defining moments i'm so glad that you asked we call them defining moments because we have the right the authority and most importantly the responsibility to define those moments in our lives and not allow ourselves to be defined by a small moment, all right? So listen, my name is Clifton Pettyjohn. I am your trusted voice of transformation. I teach individuals how to revolutionize their lives through purpose identification and execution, all right? So let's do our breathing exercises. Here we go, take a deep breath in. Hold it. Breathe out. One more time. Breathe in. Hold it. Breathe out. Now, if you were able to complete that exercise with us, that means that there is breath remaining in your body. And as long as there is breath remaining in your body, then today's conversation with our amazing guest is for who? You, it is for you. And that also, that also, that also resets us and centers us. We're not worried about our past. We're not worried about the future. We are focused on the now. We are focused on the now. And because we are focused on the now, we are learning tools, techniques, and strategies that we can apply to our life to produce a future that's full of purpose, all right? So as I said, we have an amazing guest. As I said, we have an amazing guest on today. We're going to get to him in just a few moments. But I want to check in with all of you guys just to see how is your January treating you? How has January been treating you? Or let me rephrase that question. How have you been treating January? I know some of you have resolutions. Some of you don't define them as resolutions. Some of you have set some goals. I want to know where are you at as it relates to the goals that you have set? Have you completely given up on it by now? Because I know by the time we hit February sometimes, we're over it. We're over it, and next year is our year. <laughs> and we don't want to have another year like that. So I encourage you to go by my website right now, right now, and get your copy of From Stagnation to Transformation a 21-day coaching actuation designed to manumit purpose. Listen, this book will give you the jump start that you need 
in order to what? What did I say earlier? Revolutionize your life. I'm so convinced in the principles outlined in this book that if you read this book, prove to me that you apply principles in whatever core area of your life you need to experience transformation and it does not work for you, I will give you a 100% refund. So go by www.cliftonpettyjohn.com forward slash transformation. Now, without further ado, let's get to the main reason why any of you are listening on today. And the reason you are listening is because we have an amazing, amazing, amazing guest. He has such a powerful story that he's going to share with us on today. I want each and every one of you to help me welcome Rick Weary to the show. Rick, how are you tonight or today? I'm, I'm good. How are you? How are you doing? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. I'm excited about this conversation. I believe that this is a conversation that is going to assist in the transformation of many individuals that will hear this podcast live. Uh, I'm excited. Your intro even was inspiring. So this is going to be good. Yeah, I'm excited about it. Here we go. So here, we like to start with an icebreaker question. And I think I'm going to start with my favorite icebreaker question. If you could have one superpower, what would that superpower be and why? Ah, this is interesting because I've been thinking about this lately. And I'm I'm a parent. I have twin boys. And lately they've been home on uh, Christmas break and they've been home all day and I watch them all day. And I've always wondered what they'd be like at school, you know, like are they the talkative troublemakers or are they the quiet type? So I wish I could be a fly on the wall and watch my kids at school sometimes. And, and if gotcha. even you could you could use that uh, superpower for every, uh, everything too. Oh, absolutely. You you definitely would be able to to have some insight in some rooms that uh could prove beneficial for you. So that would be great. Yeah, yeah. So uh, All that, right. So go ahead. No, you're good. Okay. So now here's what I want to want to do. I was I was talk here's what I want you to do. Sometimes I talk a little fast, so I'm gonna try to I get excited, so I wanna slow this. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to introduce yourself to our listening audience. You can go as far back with your story as you would like to, all the way up to present day. Oh, okay. Well, you slow me down if I start rambling because (laughs) uh, I I get talking about my life. And, uh, you know, first off, um, I, uh, I live in a small town in Utah. And uh, I was born and raised on a dairy farm, milking cows twice a day. And uh, I, uh, uh, that's why I started to get into sports a lot, so I could get out milking cows. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, so I, I grew up uh, in a rural community playing sports and, uh, you know, just, just enjoying life. And uh, I, uh, Grew up and went to college, and I met my sweetheart of a wife, Tara, and awesome. we got married. And uh, yeah, we got married, and um, 
one year to the date after our marriage, on our the night before our honeymoon, I uh, was building my house, and we were working hard really late at night. And I, uh, to make a long story short, I had a construction accident, and I fell um, from the main floor down into the basement. Um, we had built. Uh, we had cut out, out a hole in the floor where the steps were going to go. And we hadn't built the steps yet. So there was just a hole in the floor. And, uh, you know, for a long story short, I fell into that hole and tipped over and fell on my the top of my head onto the concrete. And my buddy was with me and he dialed 911 and I remember a lot of things happened in what seemed like a short amount of time. I remember um, telling my friend Zach that I was with, I can't feel my legs. I can't feel my, you know, my stomach. And uh, sure enough, I, uh, in that accident, I broke my neck. at C6 vertebrae right up in here. And uh, they they fused the bones together, and so it's like there. But uh, if you think about it, uh, my body really is fine. But when I broke my neck, my spinal cord was pinched, and I became paralyzed from the chest down. Now the the medical term is called a quadriplegic. Uh, I have most of the use of my arms, but uh, my hands are paralyzed. I can't open and close them. Um, but that's the gist of uh, paralysis. And um, my, I guess, you know, you talk about defining moment. My uh, moment is I remember laying in the ICU and I remember going up to scratch my nose and when I was laying, if you could picture me laying back in bed and going up to scratch my nose and that muscle that holds your hand, the tricep muscle, was paralyzed and weak enough that I couldn't lift my hand up to the sky to scratch my nose. And so I had to start from like square one, so to speak. And one day I was in the rehab unit and a nurse came in, and she came in with a marker and a calendar. And the marker was red, a red Sharpie. And she said something to me that day that I'll never forget. She said, whenever you accomplish something today that you couldn't yesterday, we're going to write it down in red letters on this calendar. And we're going to document your successes. And back then, a success was to be able to sit up at the side of my bed for a minute without passing out. I was on a breathing tube underneath my nose, and a success was being able to breathe normal air and not need oxygen for a half hour. And, you know, those were, those were like small victories but you have to start with small victories. And, you know, sure enough, 
today I'm still alive 12 years later and I've tried to always build on those victories and create red letter days red letter days back then were small but now I've tried to always one up myself and always do better so that's my intro my name's Rick Weary and uh I'm just trying to create red letter days now that right there is so powerful first of all your story is powerful but what you just ended with I'm just trying to create red letter days and I believe that any of us can look at certain areas of our life and say hmm maybe that's how my perspective should be as it relates to some of the challenges that I'm facing maybe I need to start charting my small victories and realizing that even though they may be a small victory they're packed with power so I want to begin to dissect your story I want to begin to dissect your story because um one of the greatest things that I got gained from listening to your story is that uh, you continue to live. You continue to live. So I want to know throughout your story, were there ever times where you lost or the the will to live became so small that you were just like, man, it'd just be easier to give up. And if you did face those moments, what exactly was it that kept you going? Oh, that's a very good question. Uh, I remember some some serious dark times, you know, shortly after coming home and the newness of people wanting to be around to help kind of wore off. I remember just, uh, I... I this is one of my darkest, hardest stories to tell, but I remember uh I live in a kind of a subdivision and there's a there's a canal uh going through it. And I remember I had a manual chair at the time and I couldn't push very far. And I remember thinking to myself, if I could push around the block and up this hill, the uh, I'll be honest, I wanted to push myself in the river and give up. And, but I had to, I didn't think I could wield my wheelchair that far. And so I remember thinking I need to build up a little stamina to be able to push that far. And of course, at the end, there's a little hill. You had to climb that hill to get up. It's not very big at all, but in a wheelchair, you know, you notice hills. And so I remember thinking, I got to work hard to be able to get up this hill. And that day, so to speak, you know, that in quotations, the day that I wanted to finish it, I remember more thinking about the challenge of getting up that hill. And when I got up to that hill, when I got to the top, I was kind of proud of myself. I was thinking, you know, I couldn't do that yesterday. I couldn't do that a few days ago. And I was like, this is cool. So instead of pushing myself into the river that day, I pushed myself the rest of the way about around the block. And when I got home, my wife was so proud of me. She's like, you've never been able to do that. You pushed almost a quarter of a mile. Wow. And, and like, I don't know. I mean, 
it it stopped that day. Definitely those thoughts of suicide and stuff stopped that day. They didn't they didn't completely go away, but right. that was my aha moment, you know. Wow, that and to me this is so I like to dissect stuff. This is so powerful. It's like you were working to get stronger to end it. But it actually led to a new beginning for you. It led to a new beginning for you. And that's so powerful to me because it's like, wow, what if, you know, you had, oh, I accomplished it. Let's go and do this thing. And I'm glad you didn't because we definitely wouldn't be sitting here with you sharing your story with the world. So now my next question is, um, how did that change everything at home as well? You know, raising children, you know, with, with your wife and everything. How was that for you? Not just for them, but like mentally as a man, you know, because we're taught so many things about being the man. How how did you deal with now having to get assistance with certain things versus being able to be you know, one that was assisting a lot. Yeah. Um, so I remember, uh, I always I just do the math in my head and I probably won't be quick enough. I'm not a mathematician, but I always look at it like I've lived, I've got to live two different lives. Okay. You know, I've, I've been in a wheelchair 13 years and I've lived 37 years. One day I will I will have lived half my life from a wheelchair. Mm -hmm. And uh, I've, you're right. You know, my previous life, I was strong. I was athletic. I could do just about anything. I could, I could, you know, run a long distance. I played sports. My favorite was softball. And I just, man, I could crush the softball, you know. But, you know, I just had to look as like look at challenges that came my way as just that a challenge and and it might be for instance it might be opening the lid of a water bottle that's you know maybe i gotta use my teeth you know uh and it might take longer but it's just a challenge and if you look at life as I really do believe life is a test for us. We're we're challenged. And I I was just watching listening to a podcast the other day. This was kind of it it was a cool lesson. And he was talking about if the Mario game, you know, we all played Mario as kids. Yeah. If if it were if you just ran across and it was just a grass grassy path to the end to complete the game we'd probably quit pretty quick we wouldn't be challenged you know we got like you can mario can jump and get a mushroom and he he gets better he can fall into the hole in the ground and you know life is all about challenges and how we react to them absolutely absolutely and i like what you just the, even the demonstration you did uh, to somebody that might seem like a little demonstration, but we can apply that to our lives as well. Like 
you were talking about the challenge of opening the water bottle, but then realizing I might have to use my teeth to do that. That's everyday life as well. Sometimes we may have been able to normally, or, or what we define as normally, do something that we're not able to do on the norm. I mean, 2020 was enough for all of us. It it completely shattered all of our norms. But if we can take the life lessons that, that, that you're talking about right now and apply them to our lives, then what it did was teach us other ways of facing some of those challenges and other ways of defeating some of those challenges or other ways of accomplishing some of the goals that we have set. Yeah, I was thinking the same thing. Uh, you know, 2020 is, I think you could call it the year of adaptability. Oh, yeah. How many of your podcasts, I mean, we're, we're doing this, we're miles away, and we have yes. to figure out how yes. we can have such a good conversation. Yes. 2020, we can all look at it like, oh, it was a crappy year. We can also say we had to learn to adapt. Mm -hmm. In the Absolutely. disability world, Adaptability is a big word. Absolutely. I, I just did a podcast where uh, the guest and myself were talking about that very thing. Like you, I know people say 2020 was like, that was the worst year of my life. To me, as it related to purpose and direction and clarity, it had to be the best year of my life. Now, that doesn't mean I didn't face some challenges. You know, my father passed away in 2020. There were other things that were there as well. But when I look at the full scope of it and I'm like, wait a minute, this was like the most defining year of my life. I stepped back. I had to face some things within myself that I was able to run from, you know, being so busy at times, you know, you can run from or avoid facing things within yourself that this 2020 required us to look and examine ourselves, you know, from a personal level. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I got a kind of another story to tell you. Go ahead. It's about, it's about um, comfort zones. You know, uh, I think we've got to step outside of our comfort yes, zone. Yes, sir. And um, I mentioned to you that I'm uh, in the process of writing the book. Mm -hmm. And I I my book, a lot of the chapters are red letter days. And I remember... Um, the church I'm in, uh, they they had a an activity. They wanted to go ice fishing, and this was maybe two or three years after I was in a wheelchair. And so I'm like, "You're you're talking about getting a guy in a wheelchair out on ice? There ain't no escaping if the ice cracks, you know." And so the, you know, my my buddy Dave, he's like, "Well, you got four points of contact, so you're safer," you know. But uh, I had never been ice ice fishing, and we went out to this lake. It's called Fish Lake, and uh, it was kind of funny because all my buddies were there, and uh, you know they wheeled me out. It was a couple inches of snow. They wheeled me out to where they wanted to go fishing, and then they had to go back to the trucks to get all the gear. You know they were more worried about me. You know they got me out there, but then I then they got me to the spot, and it was kind of funny. Cause I was just sitting there. I I couldn't move because there was snow up to my wheels, and and uh, I was just a sitting duck out there on the ice, you know. And people were walking by, and I know they were looking over. Like, 
what the heck? What is that guy doing? You know, he's in a wheelchair out on the ice, you know, and uh, that's that was probably one of the most fun experiences. I probably could have gone that whole day and not caught anything and still had the one of my best days of my life because I I went out of my comfort zone. Now, I could have easily said, uh, that's not for me. You know, have you ever seen another guy out in a wheelchair on the ice? Like, you know, but I I stepped out of my comfort zone and tried something new. And because I did that, I got to have a wonderful day, another red letter day. One of the greatest life lessons told in such a powerful story, the comfort zone. I talk a lot about stepping out of and destroying our comfort zone. Because when we never live life when we're in our comfort zone, we never grow the way that we could grow. We never experience new opportunities the way we could experience new opportunities. And that's such a powerful story. I'm sitting here thinking from myself, you know, not even being in a wheelchair, I don't want to ice fish. I've seen that too many times on movies. You know, I'm like, I'm allowing that fear to grip me. You know, and you're taking such a big step and being willing to do it. I'm I'm just thinking about the movie and all the ice breaks up. Yeah. And I'm on this little teeny piece of ice and I'm floating out in the middle of the ocean somewhere. You know, that's where my mind would go. But that is such a powerful story. The first time you ever hear ice crack, and it, it does because it's expanding and contracting. The first time you hear that and you're out there, oh, it, it, it <laughs> chills down your spine. And if you can think of like the two biggest marbles you've ever seen and just collide them and then just carry that same sound on it, you know, instead of just a quick sound, it just carries. And oh, it's it's scary, you know, but it's it's everybody says it's safe. So you trust them. But. Wow. Well, I'm glad you, you had that experience. And, you know, like you said, even if you hadn't called anything, you already have felt as if you accomplished so much in that. Now, that leads me right to my next question. What is one thing that you didn't think you could possibly do in a wheelchair that you have now been able to master? Uh, I'll answer that with it. You know, one of my favorite things to do is get in my hand cycle and ride. And I applied for a grant and through the Challenged Athletes Fund and they bought me a, an adaptive hand cycle. And I it's a, a very addicting because I have on my cell phone, I have an app called Strava. And I started out with, you know, my new bike, I could go around the block. And I remember um, one time my brother-in-law, Steve, I I told him, I said, can you go for a ride with me? I want to see how far I can ride. And I, I just threw a number out there. And I, looking back, it was probably a, a, a very high, maybe a little unrealistic goal. but. I said, let's see if we can ride 20 miles. Now, you got to think about this. You look at the muscles in your arm and then compare them to the muscles in your leg. 20 miles pedaling with your arms, 
You know, you got to be efficient. You've got to rest. You've got to fuel your body. And one day I was like, let's do it. Let's try for 20 miles. And luckily I live in like a rural area. We just left my house one after one morning and uh, we tried to do that 20 miles. Now, the 20 miles has passed and gone. Now I've set higher goals. My highest mileage last year was 35. But that 25 mile trip with my brother in law, Steve, I'll always remember in this ride. I remember if I want to paint a picture, okay? So off to my right was the Monroe Mountain, and it goes up. It's a really steep mountain. And we, and right at the base of the mountain is the Monroe Cemetery. And then there's some alfalfa fields to my left. And it was early in the morning. There's still dew on the ground. I remember riding my bike along, and this was early in our mileage. You know, we are probably only a mile in. I remember uh, pedaling. And I look up ahead, and there's a buck deer crossing the road, in the middle of the road. It was pretty cool. And immediately, I I wanted to catch up to it. And that was like the old Rick we're talking about. I didn't, not the like the cautious wheelchair Rick. I wanted to catch up to it. So I started pedaling as fast as I could in my hand cycle. And I remember catching up to it, and it, you know, kind of trotted across me. And, just looked up and just at the base of the hill. I remember it looking back at me. And I was like, you know, that was just, I wish I could make a movie or reenact that. Because it was like that moment. I, I forgot about the wheelchair. I forgot about my struggles and everything. And, uh, you know, that that was one of my coolest moments in my life right there. Awesome. Awesome. I love that. I love that. I love that. Just getting caught up in the moment. And, you know, that that's what we talk about here on What Now. We we talk about, you know, losing the attention of the past and losing the attention of the future and living life in that moment like that now. Like I, I'll never have this moment again. And I'm going to take everything from this moment that I can, you know, just to enjoy it, you know, and I think that sometimes we forget to be present so much. Now I want to talk about your book. I want to talk about your book. Your, um, you kind of talked a little bit about it, but I, I want you to tell us what the book is about and how you got the motivation for the book and if there is a date that you're looking to release it, all of those great things. So, yeah, first off, um, it's going to be called red letter days because that nurse that that nurse she is she inspired me that day and you know i i uh i always want to create something to be proud of later um we have uh new year's resolutions uh it's january 3rd and you know fresh start at at the new year so my goal is to have it out in 2021. Now, that might be a lofty goal. I've got an outline and I've got a, you know, a general idea, but I've got to work, you know. I mean, I've got to I've got to do small steps, you know. Um I've talked about um 
just what can I do to share my story and things like this, visiting with you, Cliff, and, and uh, you know, telling my story has sure helped iron out what I want to put in my book, what I want to, you know, mix. But I got another story for you, and uh, this, this is kind of one important chapter in my book. But, uh, and I have to, I have to set it up a minute, you know. So, after I graduated high school, I was getting ready to serve a mission for my church. And so there's a, I wasn't going to college yet. And I had a part-time job and I had a best friend is named Bobby. And, uh, he was in the same situation I was. And, um, we were kind of just in this middle stage of our life. And, I call it the the cush years, you know, like responsibility hasn't hit us yet. And we had a part-time job and we we would go we would work early for a couple hours and then we would go golfing in the middle of the day. And golfing was relaxing to me because I played baseball and you ever get up to the plate and you just the stress of striking out or you play football, the stress of dropping a pass. Golf for me was like, if I hit a mulligan, I didn't care. I'd drop another ball and hit better, you know? Well, one day, my friend Bobby, he couldn't he couldn't uh, go with me that day. So I decided I was going to go by myself. And we were both kind of new to the sport. And we were just it was just kind of a way to kill some time and just relax, you know? And one day he couldn't go with me. And so I went by myself. And I remember if, and if you're ever in Utah, the Roosevelt, Roosevelt Golf Course is like hands down one of the best in the state. There's this hole where you are teeing off above a cliff and you hit the ball down, you know, the greens down off the cliff. And it's kind of fun little par three. And you can usually, with a good hit, you can get it to the green in one hit. And I remember teeing up, and I hit hit this shot, and it was one of the best best shots I've ever had. And I remember instantly looking back to, you know, that golf was my thing with my friend Bobby. And I remember looking back, I just instinct, like I was ready to kind of rub it in or like celebrate my victory with my buddy Bobby. But he was gone, and then like, I, my I went from like this excited state to like, is he gonna believe me? Is he? And and then like, I was kind of sad because I wanted to share my joys with or my victories or my successes with my friend Bobby, and a lot of my chapters in my book about red letter days aren't about the accomplishment. I mean, they are, but the cool thing is they're with somebody, you know. My bike ride was with my buddy Steve. My fishing trip was with a bunch of my church buddies. And, uh, you know, that was that's one concept about my book that I really want to inspire people. Yeah, you know, 
accomplish something in a red letter day, but do it with a friend and it'll be even more valuable. Another life lesson. <laughs> I'm telling you, I cannot wait for this book because you keep giving us so many life lessons through these stories. That is one of the things that I uh, often say that now I probably value more than I did when I was younger uh, because I was such a loner back then. <laughs> but I value it now in the sense of if I'm going to create stories and, and create memories, I want, it, I want to do it with the people that I love. I want to do it with the fan, with family, with friends, with, you know, with those that I can just call on the phone and say, yo, remember when such and such and such and such happened? Because one of the things I've learned about success is that it is more, I guess, rewarding or exciting for me when I have somebody to share it with. Absolutely. You know, it's nothing like having somebody that can, rejoice with you through your great accomplishments and even cry with you you know sometimes when when you're going through certain uh circumstances and situations there's nothing like that so that was a great lesson yeah i'm reminded of now it's a it's going to be olympics this year didn't happen but mm -hmm. i remember four years ago well maybe at five now i i remember watching the olympics and I was I've always been a guy that kind of got excited about the Olympics and cheering on Team USA. And I remember, do you know that sport called curling? Oh yeah, yeah. So it's where they roll the push the rock, and then you got these uh, I want to say goofy looking guys like shoveling or you know. <laughs> and, and I remember, I remember, uh, we were sitting at work, and a couple of my buddies from work were kind of like making fun of the sport, right? They're like, is there really even any talent involved, you know? And the team that was the best team to represent USA was a brother and sister, like mid thirties, I believe. And they were, they were representing team USA for the Olympics. And, you know, they, they didn't have the look of like this, strapping athlete or anything but that was their thing you know they were they probably one day said let's go try this sport called curling and it and look what it has done for them you know they got to travel the world play this sport all over some kind of a silly game but they had to try it and who are we to make fun of them for Trying something new. And that's the fear of many people with trying something new because they don't want to be laughed at. They don't want to be made fun of. But these are Olympians. Like, you yeah. know, somebody's sitting at home making fun of them. And that's why I always encourage people to step out and do whatever it is that you feel you are, you've been created to do because the people that are going to talk negative about it the people that are going to laugh at you are sitting at home on their hopes and dreams and aspirations. So don't you sit home with them and become like that. Step out there and try it. Heck yeah. What, what, what do you have to lose? Right. 
is. There it is. Like, you know, I think sometimes we we take moments in life for granted. And we think, I'll put it off until tomorrow. I'll try it again tomorrow. When we never know if tomorrow's promised to us or what could happen to prevent us from being able to do do that on tomorrow. That's why I, I encourage people to live in the moment. Yes, prepare for the future. I understand preparing for the future. I'm not talking as if you don't think anything for the future. Like you just go out and spend all of your money. No, 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 no. Use wisdom. But what I'm saying is don't get so caught up in the fear of the future that you don't even enjoy life, enjoy the moments. And to me, what I hear you saying is that before the 13 years came in your life where you you lived in a wheelchair, you were athletic, you were enjoying those other 37 years as well. And that's what we have to do. We have to live. Yeah, I mean, the world, I learned this pretty quickly after I broke my neck. The world won't slow down for you to get your mind right and for you to get better. You know, you've got to you've got to make things happen on your own. That's, that's that responsibility. We have that responsibility, you know, and, and our possibilities are endless if we could see that we have that power, that authority, that, as I said, the responsibility to create it on our own. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, we we got to just step outside of our comfort zone and try something new. Try to go further distance. If you can walk a mile, try to walk two. Yep. Yep. Now, you have given us a whole lot throughout this conversation. Here's what I want you to do. I have one, two more questions for you. But before we get to those questions, I want to give you the opportunity to give everyone your social media handles so they can follow you and stay up to date with your journey and with the book and any other projects that you have coming out. Yeah. Um, my uh, Facebook, if you just search Rick Weary, you can see it on the screen right there. And uh, Instagram, you can search Rick Weary or my Instagram handle is at Rick from Roe, R-O-E. So um, follow me or, you know, I hope, I really hope if you follow me on Instagram one day, I'll be holding a picture of a book. I really think I'm going to, twenty-one year 2021 is going to be a big year. I believe that. I believe that for you. I do. And um, so here's the next question I have to ask you. Now, you've given us a lot, as I said, throughout this conversation. If everyone was to forget everything that you said, what would be one thing that you would want them to walk away with? Uh, that's, that's a good question right there. I would say, um, in all honesty, try to try to do something today that you couldn't do yesterday. Create a red letter day um, and document it. Some people get annoyed about people bragging about their accomplishments. I'm all about it, man. Uh, brag about the things that you can do. Post it on social media and, and it just 
enjoy life, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, here's the last question that I end the majority of my conversations on. I heard you talking about your church. I heard you talking about your church groups. I always like to ask people this question. Who is God personally to you? Oh, okay. Um, yeah, I, my God, or my my heavenly Father, is someone who I can I can cry to. Now, my prayers at night. You know, a lot of people. You know, in the normal prayer, sometimes my prayers are just laying into my pillow and talking to God. And telling him my problems, my goals, my challenges. Um, he's a father, and I, I didn't realize the love a father can have for his son until I became a dad, and I had two boys looking down at twin boys. Wow, that was like, you know, my heavenly father knows me personally and and loves me now what that means to me is he wants to see me succeed he wants he he heavenly father god is just like like a dad to his boys i want to see my boys grow up and be successful i want i i hurt when they screw up just like god hurts when he when we screw up. Powerful. Powerful. And I want to explain why I asked that question. I have uh, people with diverse belief systems on this platform and on, I used to host a radio show called Transformation Radio. I always like to hear people's interpretation of who God is personally to them because it is my belief that as long as we live we will never fully be able to communicate who God is. However, when we meet each other and we can communicate to each other who God is, the next time I'm going through something, I can pull from who you explained to me God is or pull from who somebody else explained to me God is, and now I can implement that manifestation of God into my own personal life. So I always like to hear uh, individuals' thoughts and beliefs and personal experience with God. So thank you for sharing that. Also, I want to thank you for sharing with us on today so freely. I appreciate this conversation. This was another great conversation that we've had here on the show. So thank you for being here with us and sharing so freely. You're welcome. I'm I'm always willing to share my story. So thank you. Listening audience, thank you for listening. If there was no audience, there'd be no purpose for this show. So I appreciate each and every one of you. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to text Red Letter Days to 302-648-5544. Why? Because that lets me know you have listened to this episode in its entirety. And it gives you an opportunity to enter for the drawing at the end of the month. And as I always say, create a great day.
Walk with purpose and by all means execute your vision. Peace. Today is a great day to start your own podcast. Whether you're looking for a new marketing channel, have a message you want to share with the world, or just think it would be fun to have your own talk show, podcasting is an easy, inexpensive, and fun way to expand your reach online. Buzzsprout is hands down the easiest and best way to launch promote and track your podcast. Your show can be online and listed in all the major platform directories like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and more within minutes of finishing your recording. Podcasting isn't hard when you have the right partners and the team at Buzzsprout is passionate about helping you succeed. Join over a hundred thousand podcasters already using Buzzsprout to get their message out to the world. You'll get a great looking podcast website, audio players that you can drop into other websites, detailed analytics to show how people are listening, tools to promote your episodes and more. So start your show today by using the link provided in the show notes. This lets Buzzsprout know we sent you and it gives you an opportunity to receive a $20 Amazon gift card as well as it helps support our show.